Welcome to Dragon Talk. <laughs> I wanted to go up and down just to make you laugh. <laughs> didn't work. It totally didn't laugh, bro. I was coughing. <laughs> Choked on my spit. You know, whatever you do, you should say, don't laugh. <laughs> That's terrible advice. Nobody would do that. Is this foreshadowing? It's, it is foreshadowing mm. for what's to come. Oh, Dragon Talk listeners, you're in for a good one. We have a really good interview. Uh, we spoke to Ivan Van Norman, who many of you have listened to on this podcast before. Friend of the show by now. Friend of the show. I think he's made it. Absolutely. Friend status. He's high five able uh, as most of our guests are, but he's uh, uh, amazing. And he wrote a children's book or two, two. children's books, um, and they were illustrated by Caleb Cleveland, who also joins us uh, for this interview. Very talented young man. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> wow, you were really channeling a uh, uh, you know Joan Cusack there a little bit. Well, because I was. Gonna yawn, and I swallowed <laughs> my yawn. Very charming. Charming. Yawn. Well, she's, my name's Shelly Moo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we are tipsy. T- not real tipsy, but fake tipsy. Right. For all of the things, uh, because we are drunk with power. <laughs> we are. We cr- own these airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> we create so many great uh, things. They're all being released this month. Yep, everything. Every it's like we just opened up the doors and said, "Take all of our products." Exactly. Take it. But the things month. we've been working on hard all year long have yes. finally come to fruition, uh, and I'm going to tell you about them all right now. Let's do that. So, Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yes. It is the continuation of the Waterdeep Dragon Heist uh, uh, milieu. I won't ever say it's a story. It definitely takes place in the same location. You can use it for your characters to delve into Undermountain, uh, you know, after they've, uh, you know, explored what's happening in Dragon Heist following the the, the loot there. But we've also heard it uh, is great to be able to jump into uh, any one of those levels because there's 23 levels that's talked about crazy. in this Undermountain book. The most detail that's ever been put into an Undermountain product, which has been around for years, decades, really, of what happens below the city of, of Undermountain. It's the domain of Halister Black Cloak. Who wears a black cloak? No way. No, he doesn't. He wears a cloak of many eyes, actually. Hmm, that's misleading. Yeah, right? It seems a little bit odd. Yeah. Yeah, he should have, like, a many eyes cloak. His name should be right? Bob, mm, you many know, many eyes, eyes cloak. cloak. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Halister black cloak. That doesn't make any sense. No. Um, so, yeah, the t- versatile uh, product. You can use it in any way you want, but I'm going to be delving into it uh, through... Um, you know, through normal play. I think it's going to be tons of fun to get, to get into Undermountain just based on the, you know, after Dragon Heist. I think it sounds scary. It is scary. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that should be super fun. Okay. It's out everywhere. The maps are really good, versatile, usable in uh, uh, lots of different ways. Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica is yes. next. Uh, this is a D&D book uh, set in the plane of Ravnica uh, from Magic the Gathering lore. Uh, but it's everything you need to play like street level Dungeons and Dragons in that world. There's ten guilds in charge of Ravnica, and you can play as any number of them. Uh, they all have very distinct kind of flavors and feels to them. We've been doing lots of lore you should know segments with Ari Levich, one of the writers behind this book and uh, the lore of Ravnica when he was on the Magic team. Uh, and it's it's just a really dense book that you can also use. Uh, whatever way you wish by giving a whole bunch of these monsters or other things uh, brought into um, uh, normal Dungeons & Dragons play or stuff that's set in Ravnica itself. Tons of fun. And it's one of my most favorite 
covers. The cover is very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, mage from the Is It League yep. uh, channeling all of the electricity power. Uh, it is very, very fun. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about all of that world, uh, again, we've been doing these Lori Chano segments, but there's a bunch of other things you can jump into, including Podcast of Ravnica, which is right now ripping up the charts on Dungeon Delve RSS feed. We got together with uh, 10 groups who create D&D live play audio. Um, and uh, they each took a guild uh, of one of the ten guilds of Ravnica and created their own little one-shot adventure based around that guild, and it's super fun. Uh, there is folks from the D20 Dames. Uh, in fact, many of them uh, were instrumental in organizing this whole shindig. Um, so shout-out to Jen Vaughn and Maris uh, Mulally and uh, um, Kat Kruger and uh, all of that gang. Um, yeah, and there's there's just amazing Queens of Adventure uh, from Mad Bomb. They did uh, oh. an episode uh, for this uh, as well that as awesome. uh, some other great podcasts, including Dames and Dragons. Um, they are the first couple, Very Random Encounters, Fate and the Fable Maidens. Uh, Rivals of Waterdeep uh, took on House Demir, um, Dum Dum Die, RPG Academy, Dungeons, Dice, and Everything Nice. And then finally, a special episode DM'd uh, by none other than Jen Vaughn. Uh, so you can jump into those. Again, they're on the Dungeon Delve uh, RSS feed. You can find that on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, or, of course, you can go to dnd.wizards.com uh, slash podcast dash Ravnica to find out more. I will. You can. Uh, the Broken Pact is also a uh, live play Dungeons & Dragons show set in Ravnica, Dungeon Master by Ruben Bressler. Um, but they have been doing amazing stuff, dramatizing what is happening there, and uh, the different players are all members of different guilds, uh, so their inter-party conflict kind of uh, is, is a great way to learn about what's happening in Ravnica as well. So watch that on Saturdays on twitch.tv slash dnd. Uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific time. There's been a whole bunch of episodes, but not too many. You can catch up pretty pretty well. Okay. Um, those are the... And then there's map packs where for both I of know, these. I feel like uh, there's a lot more. Uh, they're actually called Maps dice? and Miscellany. Uh, there's dice sets. There's yep. dun- Dungeon Heist... Uh, sorry. Dragon Heist dice sets. Yes. Uh, that are awesome. That has a life counter in there. You can check that out in, in stores uh, or wherever you get RPG products. Um, and the uh, the... Ravnica dice set, the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica dice set is super cool because it comes in this awesome circular tin and it's got an oversized D10 uh, with each of the guild symbols on it. Uh, So that's two super versatile tool. You can use that to do like random encounters or or anything. uh, You know, if you're coming up with a character, I don't know what guild I'm going to be. You can roll Roll that. Roll the die. Roll the bones. Roll it. Let fate decide. Get out there and rock. Uh, Roll the bones. What about those gorgeous gift sets? Yes. Tell me about those. They're so pretty. Which ones do you like? What do you, what are we, what do you mean? You like both of them, right? Yeah. Uh, because the uh, core rule set is what we're talking about. You get four, well, three pro- four products, really. You get the uh, core rule book, so the Monster Manual, the Player's Handbook, the Dungeon Master's Guild, and the Dungeon Master's Screen, all in a uh, cardboard slipcase that is foil. Yeah. There is a shimmery foil metallic sheen to each one of these covers. You can oh, only so get pretty. them in this core rules gift set. It's the only place you can get this amazing look. And, you know, 
I, I wasn't really sure how attractive it would be, but when I actually got the physical product in my hands, I was oh, like, yeah. whoa, look at this. No, it's, and it's we're trying to get the word out as much as we can because you really can't tell unless you have it in your hands. Yeah. It doesn't photograph well. Video doesn't really come come yep. out, so we're not, you know, we're kind of at a loss of how to show it out off to you guys. You just have to trust us. Or just look at the ones that your friends are getting, and you'll be extremely jealous. Yeah. Only way you can get that. They have similar covers uh, to what we released in 2014 for those uh, 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 core rule books, but they have this amazing metallic sheen, and uh, they really bring that to life. So King Schnur for the player's handbook is my favorite because it's got this like deep reds and golds uh, that really come out uh, with this metallic sheen. I dig it. Uh, but there's also the alt cover right. versions of this core rules gift set. Those same four products in a slipcase with it all designed by Hydra 74. I love those too. So I kind of want like posters of those covers. Can you make yeah, that happen? That's not a bad idea, sir. I sir, really like it. Sir. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give you all the honorifics that you could ever deserve, ma'am. Uh, but we also have uh, uh, stickers that we've been using uh, for some of that artwork uh, because I think that is really iconic and great. Yep. Yeah. Super cool. You can only get those in game in game stores. The yes. alt covers. And when they're uh, gone, they're gone. By, yes, exactly. Limited number. Get them while you can. They're super hot. Beautiful. We talked to Caleb and Ivan all about uh, the ABCs and 123s of D&D. Uh, so you'll find out more about them then. But these are two awesome books for kids and adults alike. Also out this month. Also out this month. Yes. Dungeon Mayhem. Also, also out, out this, this month. month. We'll talk more about that in the outro. Betrayal Legacy. Also out this Wait, month. Wait, is that out this month too? Yes. What about... It came out on Friday. Axis and Allies and Zombies. That, that came out at the end of October. So we did space things out a little. <laughs> it's a lot of time. Yeah. It was like a week ago. It's crazy. Uh, so with that, all the maps and miscellany packs, uh, which are recreations of that, plus our partners stuff, Art and Arcana, is an amazing walk down oh, mem- memory lane. Just my dream. I it's love it got, so much. It traces all the artwork. It has all the advertisements. I think this is the thing that Including is... Including one that I worked on. Well, just one? I mean, did Actually, there's probably more. There's probably a bunch in there <laughs> that you worked there. on, right? Um, there's pictures of even our streaming events, the stuff that we've done currently, uh, all the way back into like what it was like for artists that were conceptualizing what a beholder looked like for the first that time. That's what I love. I love seeing the evolution of certain monsters. Yeah, and they tell such great stories going back uh, to all of the history of where it all came from. Uh, I, I dig it. Pick it up if you can. It's it's a love letter to Dungeons and Dragons and also its cultural makes a impact. Great gift. And it also makes a great gift. Yeah, yeah. it's a very. Uh, Coffee table. Though who has coffee tables anymore? I have really? an ottoman. That doesn't count. You can't but I was it. actually just thinking, I'm like, we really do need to leave this book out. But where would we leave it? Where would you leave oh, it? Oh, we do have a coffee table downstairs. Yeah, but that's probably just going to get like you know Cheerios and stuff on it, right? Yep, just like everything else I own. <laughs> that's true. It's all coated in Cheerios. You know what you should do? <laughs> <laughs> Don't put Cheerios on this. No, you should tell him to oh, put Cheerios that's on right. it, and then he won't. Put lots of Cheerios here. <laughs> Don't wash your hands and touch all my stuff, okay? <laughs> <laughs> there's a foolproof plan here. I this know. Is, there's this no is way some A-plus wrong. parenting. <laughs> we're going to start up our parenting advice podcast pretty soon. Where we're just going to disagree with everything the other one tells you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Negative. Here's why that won't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so, God, I think we ran through everything, but there's still more. Extra Life has been going strong. Thank you to everyone who has donated uh, to help out the kids. 
D and D. By the time you listen to this, it's probably going to be raised more than two hundred thousand dollars this year for Dungeons for for uh, the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Because I still have to buy all my Extra Life T shirts and stuff, which is probably going to be like two thousand dollars. At least that'll put us over. That'll put us over the edge for sure. A few hoodies, couple T shirts. You need and, to. You need and to stock everyone up. should buy the adventure that that Bart wrote. I, yeah, tell I us can't about that. Remember the name? <laughs> it's the one that he wrote. It's the one that he wrote. It's in the DMs Guild now. It's the one that Chris Perkins ran at Extra Life, and or sorry, at Gamehole Con for Extra Life, and you can buy it in the DMs Guild, and all of hundred percent of those proceeds are going to our Extra Life campaign. It's so, awesome, and it's a really good adventure. And I'm yes. very proud of him. Uh, I was trying to look it up, but I don't know where it is right now. So. It's like the lost something. Kawashibishi. Oh, uh, Laboratory of Qualash? Yes. Yes. The lost Laboratory of Qualash? Is it lo- is, there th- is the word lost in there? I'm not sure. I don't think it is. Uh, the apparatus of Qualash uh, many people might know about. <laughs> well, he yes, were- the lost Laboratory of Qualash. It has it. really good um, illustrations in there, too. Yeah, made by an extremely oh, yeah. talented crayon artist. Yes. I mean, he's got, he's got a future. It's almost like Banksy. Like totally. I don't, I don't want to say Except it. Except it didn't like explode or shred right? <laughs> or shred itself in any way. <laughs> yes, uh, he's very, very talented. I'm, I'm very uh, impressed with, uh, with, with Quinn Mazanoble. And he got an artist credit. As he should. As he should. Yep. Good work. Yep. All around. Uh, much better than than uh, Nut Puncher Quinn. Queen Quinn the Nut Puncher? Yes. I'm glad he didn't make an appearance this year for Extra Life. Next year. Next year. He'll Always next year. He'll make a, the return the of return. the Nut Puncher. Oh, he'll be bigger and older. Too. <laughs> Stronger, point. perhaps. Yes. <laughs> Watch out. Excellent. Well, let's get to our fun uh, lore segment with yeah. Ari. I want to know more about what's Ari. happening with these guilds. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am uh, Greg Tito, and I am today joined uh, by Mr. Laurie Levitch. Laurie Evich? I was going to say Evich, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah no, uh, so flip that, uh, Ari Levitch. Yes. <laughs> flip that and also reverse it and no, strike it just, through. Just, just flip. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we are going to talk about Ravnica because it is a whole new world of lore. Uh, for Dungeons and Dragons players to explore uh, due to Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, which is in game stores right now. It has everything you need to play in the world of Ravnica, which is a uh, plane in the lore of Magic the Gathering. That's right. Uh, and you worked on uh, some of that lore on the Magic the Gathering side of things before you joined the DNT team, right? That is also right. Sweet. Yeah. Um, and we've gone through a few of the um, uh, guilds on. This here, Lori Should Know segment, and uh, we're going to jump into the last two, uh, which is the Orzov. Orzov. Zhov. Yes. Syndicate uh, and House Demir. Uh, but f- these are all getting, been paired a little bit. Yeah, uh, but before I jump into that, I just want to also point out that, uh, so it was my birthday yesterday. <gasps> Happy birthday. Thank you. I wasn't just fishing for that, but I do want to point out that it was an awesome, it was like the best gift ever to be able to go into a game store and just see this in the wild. So... It was pretty cool. So I just want to point that out, that, that I had is, the best birthday ever. That is pretty much the best birthday. And it yeah. is, uh, uh, you know, kind of um, a band-aid for your loss of the Los Angeles Dodgers losing to the I, Boston Red Sox. I don't want to talk about that. I'm, <laughs> I could leave right now. 
I'm, yeah, I'm still Sorry. Uh, uh, Ari and I have had a very, uh, I'd say amicable rivalry. You uh, would say amicable because you won. Your Red Sox <laughs> won. I would say it is, uh, it is a festering wound. Got to keep boring salt on. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry about that. Well, speaking of festering wounds, I feel like that's the name of a card in Magic at some point. It, it probably is. It probably was. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't think that's in the Orzov syndicate, uh, though. No, it's probably more in the Golgari space. But, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about them anyway. So, yes. Uh, so we have our two remaining guilds. And, again, um, the model that I've been kind of, or the structure that I'm using to kind of decide which guilds to talk about um, is basically kind of this, a principle around which uh, two guilds might kind of see, see things a little differently. And this one, the, the, the last remaining one, uh, is this concept of leverage. And uh, our two guilds, the Orzhov and the Demir, uh, use leverage and, or use different ways to kind of uh, exert leverage to get power. And so starting with the Orzhov Syndicate, uh, they uh, will use debt as, as leverage. And mm. their, whole, uh, their whole deal is to get more and more people indebted to them so that then they can kind of extract uh, favors in order to further their own power. So it's a, very, it's a very hierarchical guild, and kind of all power funnels upward to the top. Um, and at the top of that is a uh, council of—it's uh, the ghost council. It's called the Obsidat, and it is a bunch of spirits, a bunch of—yeah, a bunch, a bunch of spirits of— wealthy, powerful uh, people in life who basically secured an, af- an immortal kind of afterlife where they've taken their wealth with them, that they can continue to exert, exert influence and power, um, even in death. Wow. So it almost sounds like this mixture of, uh, you know, this ghost cabal with the uh, five families in New York kind of yeah. idea. So the, the fascinating thing about just the structure of, uh, of the Orzhov is that it kind of is equal parts um, uh, a banking house. It's basically the principal bank of Ravnica, but it's also uh, it it um, tends to the spiritual needs of of the populace as well. Uh, so they there's also a kind of a church hierarchy uh, kind of meshed with this bank. And so if you are uh, if you are in need of uh, of protection, you could you know go and get sanctuary in, in the church of the Orzhov, but that's not free. And so they mm. will kind of exact tithes uh, to offer their protection, uh, especially in these uncertain times with the, you know, the guild pact off, off plane, the guild pact being uh, 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 Jace Bellerin, uh, who has the, the power of the guild pact, and he's off-world. So there's, there's, uh, there's a sense of instability right now in Ravnica. And so the Orzhov have stepped in to exploit this um, to offer protection and stability. Um, the Orzhov, kind of like the Azorius, despise chaos, but they, do, they despise it for a different reason. The Azorius despise uh, chaos because um, it, it will upset civilization. The Orzhov des- uh, despise it because it will upset all the wealth that they have gathered or could potentially threaten that. Mm. And so, yeah, so their whole concept is to get as many people under them as possible that they can... Uh, extract either uh, money from or favors from. And so their whole guild is built on maintaining that. And so uh, they, will have, uh, the, they will have enforcers, which could just be, you know, uh, people who go out and say, hey, how would you like to have protection from the Orzhov? And kind of like shakedowns, like mafia shakedowns. Um, there are also uh, 
there are knights that serve the uh, the Orzhov called Knights of Obligation, which will go and collect debts. Uh, so oh. yeah, they're kind of a scary lot. Um, but it's it's really interesting that even though their whole kind of structure is built around exploiting uh, the existing the existing structure, not everybody. It's not necessarily monolithic of everyone, everyone who's in the guild doesn't necessarily have to ad- adhere to the exploitative nature of it. So you might have people that will try to use the power of, of the Orzhov to actually do good in a community. That by using the kind of protection racket, they actually may achieve some stability in kind of a broken part of the city. And actually, they might use their wealth to, that they've accumulated through favors to actually help people. Mm. So it could be a roundabout way of actually doing good. Um, but the structure of the guild itself is is exploitative in nature. Interesting. Yeah. And, they, and you said it has a kind of religious overtone, yeah. too. So wh- where do those come in? Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of the just kind of rank and file of the of the uh, Orzhov is um, they might be uh, kind of uh, lower members of, of the church itself, and it might go all the way up to uh, they have basically uh, all sorts of ranks in, in the church. But um, these are people that may, may offer uh, like, hey, you know— um, uh, well, sorry. Um, the the church itself uh, may be the ones that will offer sanctuary to people again in exchange for tithes. So there is this sense of of salvation through through debt. Mm. Uh, and one of the interesting things that the Orzhov can do is um, when, if you get into debt with the Orzhov, if you have not paid it off by the time you die, um, the the church of Orzhov will actually raise your spirit. So that you continue to serve, uh, you ser- you continue to serve the guild even in oh, afterlife. Wow. So you may do that for thousands of years. Um, That's gross. The Orzhov are <laughs> when when if if you are in debt to the Orzhov and you die, um, they will take your your body and spirit and split them, and so your spirit might continue to serve as this in, indentured spirit. Um, but then there's also they will have flesh magic that they create these things called thralls, and thralls just. Basically, there's like a vat of dead matter, and they will pull these kind of like uh, homunculus-like beings from uh, from that that uh, from that matter. Oh, gross! Yeah, is that were thralls always a Orzhov thing? Yeah, well, uh, in in magic, there are thralls uh, on different planes, but mm. uh, in uh, on Ravnica, the Orzhov uh, are able to create these with flesh magic. Yeah. Wow. Who? What is the? Um uh, god or goddess that Orzhov worships. Where, like when you say the church, what does that mean? Yeah, that's that's kind of it's kind of the the joke um, that there isn't really a god. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a little it's it's kind of empty in that way of of being a true spiritual entity. Uh, that's not to say that individuals can't can't find uh, spirituality either in doing good deeds or in accumulating wealth. Um, but there is this notion that almost like it's it has been called the church of greed and so on that this idea okay. of that the people who are actually in the church want to continue to accumulate power um but people seeking uh seeking refuge in some way they might not have the same goals in mind would um so in D&D kind of mechanical terms what if you were say a priest or one of the rack and file members of Orzhov on Ravnica uh what order or what domain would they be uh, so one uh one of the orders, uh, one of the orders is actually in the book. The the domain, the order. Do- I'm sorry, the order domain. One of the debates is in the book. The debate of order, um, and that is uh, where we we saw we first introduced that concept with the Azorius. That you know these are people that 
want to achieve order uh, because that is what uh, that's what the Azorius kind of believe in the most, the adhering to the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Azorius again want to maintain order, and these clerics of order would uh, would be valuable to the guild because they they will protect the you know the st- the stability of the hierarchy that they've built, but also. Uh, Clerics of order are very good at exploiting that order to mm. benefit them and their guild. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the domain of order are, is very much, uh, you can kind of see that economy between how the Azorius would see it and the Orzhov would, would use it. So, Got it. That's, um, that's really kind of fascinating because, you know, you're right, it's all how you, how you spin it in yeah. some ways, right? It's the same thing. It can be used for good, but it can also be used for for uh, nefarious purposes yeah, pretty easily. The the uh, the Orzhov also have they keep uh, kind of on retainer a collection of a, a group called advocists, which are essentially uh, experts in the law, like lawyers on Ravnica, and their job is to kind of skirt the line of legality and kind of protect the assets of of the Orzhov. So are uh, the Orzhov and Azorius in conflict a lot? Uh, yeah. In fact, the Azorius probably... So it depends. Like the Azorius and probably the more chaos-minded uh, guilds like the Gruul or Rakdos um, uh, pose probably the largest threat to the Orzhov. The Azorius can find legal ways to kind of seize assets or kind of shut down their activities, whereas uh, the more chaos-minded guilds would actually just kind of wreck what they have mm. or could wreck what they have. Right. Fascinating. Um, so you mentioned uh, this kind of like service through undeath. Is there any way to, uh, you know, get rid of that? You know, uh, throw off those chains? You got to strike a deal. Yeah. How right. do you do that? Yeah. Um, so once I think once you're in debt to the Orzhov, I think that's the story, right? Like that is ju- that is your kind of your mafia story, and that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that you could have an Orzhov villain in your campaign is kind of getting in too deep with them, right? right. Like whether you go to them through desperation or you have to serve, uh, you, you have to kind of pay back something that maybe an ancestor actually, you know, might have gotten in debt with them and now like, oh, they're, you know, yeah. uh, they're, they're calling in a debt and it's, it happens to be you or something you have to do. And so there's, there's, that's kind of the fun part. Of how, how do you get out of that? Do you make a deal with maybe one of another member of an Orzhov who's a rival of this person? Um, you know, do you uh, do you just try to hide? Do you try to just run from them, or do you full on take the fight to them and try to exert, mm. try to extort? You know, your own, I guess, freedom back. I'm not really sure how that works, but I think once you're in it, once you're a spirit and you're beholden to them, kind of for X number of years, that you've, I mean, that, that's you've, you're probably it's probably too late for you. Is that how it works? Though you're like, okay, you're you have a thousand years of undead servitude uh, ahead of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's exactly how it would work. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, there, you're right. There's tons of hooks that can immediately come to mind. You know, that's right. Uh, an immediate family member has just passed away and is, is going to, you know, be looking at this millennia yep. of service ahead of them and what do you do to save them? And I could see there being great scenes between the player character and their ghost, you know, father or something like that. Or imagine an older ancestor who's yeah. done, you know, 500 years of service. Right. Like, I can't do more. And they're pleading with you to make a deal with the Orzhov to release them. Yeah. Like, so there, you could have very, very kind of personal stories, um, or you could, you could play a straight-up kind of mafia, mafia story. Yeah, like yeah. this is going to happen yep. uh, no matter what you do, right? That type of thing. All right, so uh, this, this council, what was the name of the council? The Obzadat Ghost Council. Nice. Yeah. I like the Ghost Council. That's a mm-hmm. really kind of cool idea. That's my, my new punk band name. Um, 
it, are, and is there a leader in that group, or is that the, uh, so the, the leader of this There's clan? kind of a de facto leader, a guy named Karlov. Um, but uh, once, you, once you achieve the status of joining this council, you are among like, the elite of the elite. Um, yeah, and again, one of the goals of pretty much every Orzhov member is to go higher and higher in that hierarchy. Yeah. Do, do you have to kill who's ever higher? Is there like a fixed number of folks that are um, at each tier? Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. It's it's probably it's more about the influence that you can wield. So if more people are, are owe you, then that power would be acknowledged in the guild. Yeah, I like I like. I mean, you know, everybody's watched The Godfather, or at mm-hmm. least most people who listening have. And if or you, you haven't, should. you probably should. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think one of the reasons why I really liked Godfather Part One. Uh, and less Godfather Part Two was that, you know, on Part One you could kind of squint your eyes and think the Corleones are doing at least some good. That's right. And in Part There's Two, some nuance to that, yeah. You're kind of like, okay, no, they're all assholes, and you know, they deserve what they get. Um, a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm simplifying this, but I feel like there's yeah. some great. We, we, we could tease this out more if we want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unpack as they yeah. parlance of our time. Uh, but like, I feel like there's lots of great storytelling that could be done with the Orzhov that's similar to that. Like, okay, there's conflict between those who are just you know full on evil, yep. but there's those who are using the skills and the social contracts that are set up in Orzhov Absolutely. for some good. And there might be some, you know, maybe, you know, your party is members of one or both of these and there's some conflict there. And, and there's also a fascinating thing where there's, there are Orzhov families that have gone back generations. Mm. And so, you know, we talk about this idea how on Ravnica, you, you're not born into a guild per se. You, you choose your guild. That's a big part of it. And it's fascinating that, you know, you have you do have these old Orzhov families where it's multi generational. They've chosen uh, again and again, and they've chosen or have again. they? And so that that is a point of conflict. Of yeah, my my, my family has been Orzhov, you know, x number of decades or whatever. And but it's not for me. And you know, the whole point I mean, Orzhov is all about exerting influence and leverage. And imagine when that becomes a family issue, mm-hmm. then you know, then again, you get that really personal story. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Uh, so that's your Orzhov. Uh, what about House Demir? Before we leave Orzhov, yes. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the races that are in there. Oh, in yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cause, so from the player perspective, uh, humans are going to be kind of the majority of uh, what makes up the guild. So if you're going to opt in to be Orzhov, and uh, you could be, obviously, any, any race could join any guild, but uh, you, t- the typical group is, or typical race is humans. Uh, for playable races, but there are also uh, vampires that are in the Orzhov oh. um, because of their long life. They could they have the ability to accumulate vast amounts of wealth and therefore could can rise in power. Uh, but it's also fascinating that there are also uh, a few or there's a small number of angels that have uh, joined the guild. So most angels on Ravnica are either part of the Boros Legion, uh, serving on the front on the front lines. You know, all for justice. Or they're unaligned, kind of just serving the gateless. Those are they're not part of any guild. Um, but a few angels kind of see that they're not appreciated the way they should be with how powerful they are, and so some of them have joined the Orzhov um, to be to be worshipped in a way that is befitting, uh, uh, mm. you know, to someone of this kind of celestial nature. So a lot of the uh, more kind of they're self-aggrandizing angels, or just people who b- believe that the they're just not getting what they need in other guilds. So, yeah, uh, Orzhov angels are particularly uh, dangerous um, in terms of 
basically not not really having any qualms about doing anything to uh, to to demonstrate their own majesty. Interesting. Yeah. Now, how how are how are angels in magic? How did that work? Is it an, is it a race? Uh, so, angels, uh, demons are in this space as well. Are this gets into some of the more me- the metaphysical stuff in in magic as an IP, Magic the Gathering as an IP. But angels and demons are manifestations of colors of magic. Uh, so, uh, angels are often uh, white aligned. So, uh, using uh, white aligned magic, and they're just manifestations of that. Mm. Uh, that that all powerful mana, but they don't. They're not, they don't procreate as, as other races do. They just are embodiments of justice or valor. That's right. Or like that's that. right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, all right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So are, in, in that case, are those angels embodiments of greed in some way or, or, or are they just yeah, I, I mean, describing? It's, just, it, it's an interesting question. Uh, that's something to explore. What would drive an angel to do, you know, to join the Orzhov? Um, it's – there's uh, – in in Magic the Gathering, the color of white is not just about... It doesn't necessarily, like, one-to-one align with good, like, the good alignment. Um, there's a lot about community. Uh, there's a lot about, you know, benevolence and compassion in white. But it's also the color of hierarchy. An and order. So, an order. So if you are an angel and you are leaning toward that or that's something that you value more than these other attributes... That might be something that pulls you toward Orzhov. Got it. Interesting. All right. Uh, anything else before we move on? Um, there's probably a ton. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are surface. We can always deep dive yeah. uh, uh, later on. So yeah, House Demir. Yeah. Um, so I was going to make the joke of I think we're done after Orzhov and just kind of walk out of here because um, <laughs> you don't like these guys, do you? No, it's more just like the idea of there's always the joke that they're you know whenever you. Tell a Demir player, somebody who loves Demir, yeah, so talk about the ten guilds, they'll be like, you mean only nine, because, you know... Because they don't Demir exist. don't exist. Oh, okay. uh, they're that secretive. Uh, so they they have been uh, for some time, but did the Demir actually have a public face, which I'll, I'll get to. Um, but going back to this notion, <clears throat> excuse me, of leverage, where the Orzhov used debt as a way to uh, exert influence, uh, the Demir uh, used information. Uh, information is power, um, the ability to gather it, and also uh, control what people believe or what people think is true. So this idea of kind of creating a sense of paranoia about them and spreading misinformation and not really knowing what is true, where the Demir are, what are they up to. Mm. Um, and so they're kind of they're the most mysterious of our guilds. Um, in fact, their grand schemes, what they're actually uh, what they want to achieve is kind of shrouded in mystery, and there are lots of theories about what they want. And even if you are a, an agent of the Demir, a kind of street-level agent or operative, you might not know the bigger picture. Everything mm. is very much on a need-to-know basis for the Demir. Um, so it's very hard that even if you find a Demir agent to get at what the rest of the guild is up to or even what that operative w- w- uh, was up to because they don't know. So... Uh, that I mean, obviously, they're they're clearly a very uh, easy guild to make as a villain. The idea of plots within plots within plots is very kind. Of, you can go very noir with them, um, but I think they're, they they uh, the Demir ultimately uh, appeal to players who want to who want to be in the know um, and who want to play characters that are that are spies or assassins. Um, 
Zemir are all about kind of uh, infiltration, espionage, misinformation, and when when it needs to happen, assassination. So it's very much um, kind of controlling the flow of information to further goals that are kind of mysterious even to some of their own agents. Well, well uh, uh, us being all-knowing, what are some of the actual goals of, of House Demir? You know, I, I don't even... I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, is it is it like a KGB, you know, uh, CIA type thing where it's like, it doesn't matter. You don't need to know that. Yeah. And, and that that's kind of what makes them fun um, as villains, but also uh, if you are a protagonist. So if villains, it's like I could I could make whatever plot I want, whether they want to take over, you know, Ravnica and dissolve the guilds, whether they, you know, want to manipulate guilds to, you know, to just become puppets mm-hmm. for them. If they want all the guilds, you know, it, as a show to still exist but they just want to pull all the strings, that's something they can do. Uh, one of the big things they do is infiltrate other guilds where um, the other guilds become paranoid that which, which, which who, we know the Demir are here. Who, who is it? Who are the agents? There's a mole. Exactly. Or multiple mole. You know, it could be who knows how many. The person who said there's a mole is the mole. That's right. And so if, if you're a villain or if you want a, a good villain, that's very easy to kind of implement. If you are, uh, if you are a player and you are, if you are a member of the Demir, um, you could either lean totally into that and, be, and you, you hide as much information as you want from your own group. Um, or you can, you know, as the more you learn, maybe you discover things that are deeper in the guild. You're like, oh, that's not what I thought this was about. Um, and then you could, you know, use your abilities as a Demir agent that you've learned about secrecy and hiding information um, to then kind of either turn it on on your own guild or or whatever, you know. Uh, so... There's a lot you could do uh, with the Demir. Um, one of my favorite things about them is that uh, this is kind of this is also uh, in the book. There's a new spell that we have called Encode Thoughts, mm. and this kind of represents this idea that uh, the Demir are able to pull memories from people's minds, mm. so that they could actually steal that, like excise that memory, and it becomes this this thought strand. Um, what they could also do is doctor those strands and then reimplant them. Mm. So they could incept new memories. They could incept misinformation about things. So um, if somebody does discover, you know, that you are a Demir agent, if you're able to get to them and then extract that memory like, and then you were never there, that kind of a thing. Oh, or you wow. could, Or you could pin it on somebody else. So you could doctor just whose face that was and then it's somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a lot of questioning of what is true and you could play with, play with that concept a lot. Wow, that's, that's – uh, uh, there's a lot there because, you could, I mean – you know, if you don't know what the overall goals of your guild are, too, there's also the chance for a lot of kind of rogue ways of using that That's stuff right. that right. might be against what the house is even for. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, the question is, can you pull a fast one on your own guild? Yeah. Because uh, there's also the question of why Why does somebody join a guild uh, like the Demir? And if you know what they're about and you're joining as a, you know, if you have a sense of, like, it's all about gathering information and leveraging, leveraging that... Um, Maybe you have your own agenda going in. Maybe there's somebody you're trying to find or some bit of information you're trying to find, so you want to use the apparatus that the Demir have, have established mm-hmm. to, to accomplish that goal. Um, so, or you, you want to get as deep into the guild as you can to be the one pulling those strings. Yeah. Um, all right, so who's, who's the leader of, of House Demir? Uh, Lazav. Lazav is a shapeshifter, um, and so he's kind of emblematic of everything the, the Demir uh, are good at, of kind of hiding one's identity, becoming whoever they need to be for a certain situation. 
Um, and yeah, he has been uh, he has been uh, removed, not removed. They didn't get rid of him, but he has been kind of away from the day to day operations of the guild for some time. And people aren't quite sure what you know what he's what he's up to now. So uh, it's yeah, it's a fun thing to see. It's one of those moments where you could have um, with the Demir and Lazav, if you want to, this notion of if they've been gone for so long, have they defected? And if you're a shapeshifter, how do you come back to the you you know back yeah. into the fold? And hey, I'm, I'm Lazav. I can thing. prove it. Yeah, I can prove it. Yeah. Um, but if anybody can, it's him. I mean, it's his guild, so he knows all the ins and outs of this thing. But uh, again, just kind of he's re- very much representative of what the guild can do as a whole, or what stories can be told in that guild. Is he uh, one of the parents? Uh, no, he's not the parent. Uh, the parent was a vampire uh, who was killed uh, in in the events of a previous card set. In the original Ravnica block, mm-hmm. uh, and then Lazav uh, became became the guildmaster. Okay, so he's been yeah. doing that since. So he was in return, and also that's right. This time, that's right. Got it. All right. Uh, yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, I could see, yeah, as, as you've been saying, them are as a great villain, but I, you know, part of you know the the player in me wants to jump in and be one of these. I mean, uh, imagine uh, you're 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 playing a level one. You're, you're playing. You're playing at level one, and you encounter, you know, some. You encounter a librarian, or you encounter, you know, the shopkeeper, or you know, the barkeep, and uh, it, that that could be Lazav. Like if you're if you are a DM and you mm. want to start start interactions early, and maybe Lazav enters, you know, with the you know the, the the players' lives at different points in along the campaign until it's revealed that this you know this was that person all along. Uh, so you could do really fun things with. Uh, Introducing a character like like Lazav early on, yeah, and I don't suggest fighting him early on, especially. So he's quite powerful. Yeah, as um, all the guildmasters. Is he that type high. of personality where he would want to interact with low level guild members to bring them? Like, is it is it a is it a flat organization or is it hierarchical? Like, it's hierarchical in terms of how much you know. Um, that's that's kind of how it works. So if I'm if I'm at the kind of lowest levels of the Demir, I actually may be part of its public face. And the public face of the Demir are couriers and li- librarians, um, information brokers, that kind of – those are the types of things. Maybe even like a private eye maybe actually have connections to, to the Demir. Um, and, but as the deeper you go, the more you know about kind of larger, larger plots and schemes. Neat. Mm-hmm. Neat. Um, yeah, there's so many uh, – weird fantastical twists on pop culture uh with with both of these these guilds that i uh, immediately gravitate towards yeah yeah um, I mean, i'm thinking like the americans or like yes. you know uh even just that whole 1960s james bond spy type stuff do they they also have they use artifacts and stuff quite quite a bit in their in their yeah. stuff that are almost like spy gadgets right? yeah they have this thing called the spy's murmur which is basically like an earpiece a magical earpiece um so you can communicate with other uh with other agents um, and they also employ uh, other monsters that are not just you know humanoid agents. So they have um, different groups of uh, horrors that they might be able to summon from the shadows to mm. to either torment or take out you know uh, people that are getting in their way or maybe distract as they go do something else. Um, so th- that's kind of the thing about uh, the fun thing about the Demir, or one of the fun things I love about the Demir is. You know, you think you have to deal with them one way, and they're going to come at you a different way. So they kind of, um, they're kind of perfect, perfect villains in that way. Uh, but uh, I, I think the I think the the sweet spot for them, just me personally, is finding. You know, what what if 
what if they are what if they are being manipulated by by some other force or mm. you have rogue cells that are just using the demir structure um and especially when you have when you have a guild where you have so many disparate pe- dis- disparate pieces that are not aware of what the other ones are doing that's also could be used as a weapon against it so uh that's kind of a fun way of if you know if i'm a demir agent i'm not aware of who other demir agents are that's perfect for a group of player characters to now pose as potentially as as Demir, oh, which is kind of cool. weird because Demir are always posing at other guild members. So just you can do a lot of fun things to kind of turn things on on their head. Yeah, yeah, and they, I mean, you mentioned them as 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 primary villains, but I could see them doing a great service um, as secondary villains or, or or just kind of another way to complicate what's yep. happening. So if there's you know if you're telling a great story that's between you know Azorius and Rakdos or something like that, but then there's Demir and are they good? Are they bad? Are you going to use them yep. for for your purposes? but then the other faction could and use them against you. All it takes is one tip to say this person, I think that they're actually a Demir agent and like now it sets off a whole bunch of things. Is that a very public, uh, uh, like everyone on Ra- Ravnica knows that the Demir is untrustworthy in this way? Uh, I, I think that they're, I mean, it depends. It really depends. I think the guilds themselves are more aware of it um, just because the Demir are officially one of one of the guilds. They, you know, they were one of the signatories of the guild pact. So uh, I think that there's something... Um, first of all there's always kind of distrust between the guilds but I think the idea that there's something insidious about what the Demir how the Demir operate that kind of terrifies the the other guilds they get a little bit like a boogeyman yeah yeah interesting uh, any so you mentioned um, you know uh, uh, shapeshifters are probably pretty prone to being in this guild yeah um, so you might have that uh, again if you're a player uh, uh, humans uh, potentially half elves could be uh, ones that are more common among the uh, the Demir, but they also have vampires that that join their ranks. There are um, these are mind drinkers, mind drinker vampires. Ooh. So they kind of like psychic vampires that feed on that kind of mental energy. Um, so yeah, those are the kind of uh, the big uh, the big races that are that you'd find typically in the Demir. Sweet, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, taking us down each one of these guilds. Uh, we covered them, I think, in five segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for, for all that. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, well, how can we, well, obviously, Guildmasters Guide to Ravnica is out uh, in stores now. It'll be out everywhere on November 20th. Um, and we also have a map pack. Yes, the map pack is very cool. Uh, again, this is very uh, exciting to me because it has maps of the 10th District. Uh, so, yeah, you get to kind of poke around there a little bit. Um, there are also a bunch of uh, uh, color images of potential people that you might NPCs or people you might meet on the street, um, and on the backs of those are uh, what are called these are guild charms, things you would get uh, from your guild, uh, which are kind of have spell effects. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of goodies in here, which are really cool, and of course, my favorite uh, the the dice set there. Yes, the yeah. dice set are super cool with the big uh, oversized ten sided die mm-hmm. with each one of the guild symbols on them. Very cool. So if you don't know what guild you want to play. Roll the die. Yeah, if you don't know what guild you want to play, if you don't know, uh, you know what guild is going to show up, if you're a DM and you want to go more random that, encounter, you know, random yeah. encounter. Uh, so it's a fun way to to use that. I love uh, it. Yeah, sweet. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and pester you with more questions about what's happening in the guilds of Ravnica? Yeah. Uh, also, first of all, keep pestering. I don't get to everyone, but pester away. Um, uh, you can you can con- or you can get in touch with me. I'm on Twitter at Winnemall, W I N N E M A L L. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ari. Uh, we'll be back uh, talking about some more general stuff in Ravnica. Fantastic. Uh, lots of more lore is coming up. Great. Excelsior. Excelsior. Aww.
Oh, that was amazing. Uh, listening to Ari talk about Ravnica, he's got he's like a wealth of knowledge. I love Ari. He's about, quickly becoming one of my most favorite people. He's really an amazing and creative dude. <laughs> I really like him. Yep. Yeah, great and stuff. He's nice and he's and, funny. And he makes great stuff. Look, it, just, it seems to be a theme here. And he shares his knowledge. I dig it. I dig it. You know who other two people who are sharing knowledge with the Chitlins? Who? Ivan Van Norman and Caleb Cleveland. Let's Our next guest. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> You're on Dragon Talk. <laughs> do, 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 do. Total missed opportunity. Why are we not doing this? The, like the, the game show. The, the Price is Right yeah. thing? Yeah. I, well, we're joined, of course, by these two amazing folks uh, who are going to be giving me crap for the rest of the interview, and I uh, appreciate that. Uh, we've got Caleb Cleveland, who is the writer and creator of all of this, and another guy. Oh! Illustrator. <laughs> Some other dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, the guy without the beard? <laughs> that um, other guy. Well, yeah, since you took his beard. I, I, I accept that harsh burn. Mostly because <laughs> I'm the one that made fun of you. <laughs> Ivan was just caught in the crosshairs. That's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have, Ivan. I have, it's fine. No, it's all good. Ivan Van Norman, everyone. <laughs> the writer of these fine books. It's true. Ivan, Ivan Van Norman, who will have a bladed sheath in the night upon his next visit. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, many, many uh, stabs and cuts. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for Swords having us on board. Uh, yes, we're, uh, we're excited to uh, to. I, I envisioned at one point that the success of this would happen when we got to talk about it on Dragon Talk. It was only a reality. Your lives are about it to was change on uh, Dragon Talk. So. It's true. I hope you're ready. It's ready. Fame. It's basically Dragon Talk than Today Show. I believe is the is. <laughs> The progression that I've seen. I don't know. Most... In, the, in the last um, rankings that I saw, we were actually ahead of the Today Show. Is that true? Yeah. Is that with just an extra life? Uh, yeah, I uh, think donations? That like some extra. I life. think that's the only yeah. me- uh, meter that we're beating them right now. Um, <laughs> but you guys uh, are, of course, the uh, uh, minds behind the ABCs of D and D and the one two threes of D and D. Two amazing uh, books that I've been reading to my kids for like the last me few too. weeks. Um, and I'm sure you guys have been reading them to your kids uh, uh, as well. How are they liking it so far, Greg? Are they they, liking it? They, they dig it. And it's the artwork uh, uh, as well wow. as the rhymes okay, that are... are uh, I know. I'm not, I'm not going to burn. <laughs> I have enjoyed like it at I saw his like look of trepidation. I he was like, Ooh, no. is it coming? No, no, no. I'm just grab, I was grabbing my books just to make sure I have them in front of me as well. Um, no, this, this, book is, this book is all the charm. Uh, distilled into that of of Caleb, who literally I, the, the reason this all came about is because Caleb, uh, one he he is a he. I'm going to talk about you, Caleb. Okay, you tell me oh, if anything's wrong. All right, I'll just take my uh, headphones off. <laughs> <laughs> so Caleb uh, not only teaches at like the uh, the Laguna College of Art and Design down here in Southern California, but um, which, which I didn't know when I first uh, started talking to him. By the way, but I only knew about him because he did this amazing Inktober sketch like three years ago. Three, That's about right, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Uh, I did an ABCs of Dungeons and Dragons creatures, mm-hmm. uh, one every day for the month of October. A lot of artists do it, and um, Ivan sort of saw that, and he'd been trying, he'd been thinking of something like that himself, and trying to, and seeing it sort of uh, gelled the approach uh, for his own uh, project, and he contacted me, and 
uh, together we bashed our heads and uh, you know created this beautiful sort of amalgam that you're holding in your hands there. Yeah, it was a whole originally. Um, even Caleb was on a. I mean, just to be transparent, like the version of this before it became the ABCs of Dungeons and Dragons, there was an activity book that we put together. Mm. And Caleb was originally just supposed to do the activity book because I had another artist already attached to doing the original children's book. Um, oh. But this is this is the glory of when you of how you know that things are right is that no matter how much and this other artist was not like a slob either. He was very professional, very um good at what he does but we just couldn't find the right vision around it mm. and i only just started talking to caleb about it. i was like hey can we take your inktober sketches and can we put it into a sweet activity book and he's like yeah okay let's talk about it and as we started putting together this activity book i realized no man caleb's the one who has all of the uh the details and the attention to this so he essentially moved over to do the children's book as well well too. we just had a really good rapport it was really good communication he would ask me you know this it's been where have we haven't hit on something that's perfect yet you know can you give me your you know your take on this idea and i would do the little sketch and say you mean like this and that was that's right, how it needed to be like, yeah, yeah we went off and running super that's i love that uh you know it's kind of similar to I don't know, any kind of production-minded thing where you're like, all right, this is where I think it's going to go, and then you realize where the magic is or where the communication is going the best, and you're like, yeah. that's where we want to put the resources because that's what's working. And, you know, it's similar to dungeon mastering any kind of game or storyline. You're like, all right, I have all the... We were just talking about this in a previous interview of like, oh, I have all these great designs and things, but once it interacts with the players, it, you know... Yep. Yeah. No plan survives first enemy contact. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's what makes it so hard as both a business choice and as a, um, and as a production choice is it was really hard for me to fire this first artist, yeah. but I knew that like Caleb was the right choice. So it was, uh, uh, it was, it was one of those lessons learned kind of a situations where you, you learn to, um, you know, take care of the vision and the vision being upheld. So, you know, yeah. and, I was super excited when Liz wanted to come together and uh, have it become something that is beautiful for D and D. So good yeah. stuff. I, and there was some really great art direction on D and D side as well from uh, from Kate and several other people who uh, helped us sort of like finalize our vision and sort of have it gel with uh, Watsi's. Uh, right. uh version of events as well. Yeah, and that's what I love about the artwork in here is it doesn't feel, um, you know, like typical Dungeons and Dragons art. <laughs> But it also doesn't feel that off either, right? It's right. Like, yeah. it's got this. It's reminiscent of all of the things that you loved uh, about it, but from a very, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, just fantastical kids version of 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 those monsters or those locations, yeah. uh, and it just sparks people's you know imagination from young and old. Well, we don't want to scare genuine. the kids. I mean, no. I mean, I mean we don't want to like. I do, but <laughs> you do, but the rest of us don't. So, like, my son loves these books, and he loves to read them and look at the monsters, and he just thinks they look cool and they're awesome, and those kids look like they could be kids that he knows. That was one of the fun parts was literally trying to make it so that the villains and the monsters were totally approachable and relatable. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, I, I think the one that we had the the biggest challenge on, and I say we had the biggest challenge. Caleb had the hardest challenge on, is when we were we went through the liches, the like liches, oh times, yeah, just to try to figure out how to make it so that you know, they're they are they are relatively perfectly spooky enough, um, and 
and still like still have a little bit of a monster to it. Yeah, they had to be whimsical, yeah. uh, but at the same time recognizable uh, for for what they were. You know, um, it's uh, it was it would be in the one two threes of D and D. They're they, the, the beast theory. These, these two little kids run into uh, oh, a room full of eight. Like oh yeah, and, and uh, you know, luckily yeah, they, they have their dog, so uh, right, <laughs> they're fine. Yeah. It's familiar the ranger with his animal companion and one wizard. Everything yeah, and one wizard, fine, and so. but they're running into recognizable liches. There's a Sererac, mm-hmm. you know, we've got uh, Vecna in the back there. You know, we've got a whole bunch of um, well, essentially what were my take of D and D appropriate liches. And uh, we've got an Alhoon. The, but the idea is, uh, you know, so it's so you know that kids would appre- appreciate it. They were still be you know a little spooky, but at the same time they'd be kind of Easter eggs for the older readers who would be like, wait a minute, I think I, I think yeah. I lost a character to that guy. You know, uh, right? <laughs> I mean, anyone who's who's been around long enough knows that Vecna and his one eye is like right. that's that's about what you expect when it when you're encountering twentieth level. Uh, you know, wizard battles. Wizard yeah. battles. <laughs> there is, uh, but that's not. I mean, I feel like this artwork is, and you know, the 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 text as well. But the artwork has a lot of these um, Easter eggs, as you mentioned, yes. in a way that aren't. You know, uh, like there's the red box up in the corner. Uh, this, so that's my favorite page. Yeah, <laughs> I love this page. That their shelf is filled with all the core rule books. They have yeah. the dungeon board game, the red box. The pictures on the That's wall. So I think. Uh, I think. Uh, do you want to, Caleb? Do you want to tell them the story about Twinkle and Icing Death? Oh, that oh, one gosh. is hilarious. Well, I I wanted to use um, I wanted to hide a couple fun things in there. So uh, so yeah. So there's a uh, a poster on the back of the little girl's uh, bedroom door for a make believe band called Twinkle and Icing Death. Yes. Uh, which are, of course, the famous swords owned by Drizzt Durden. Am I saying his name? No. Drizzt Durden. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not saying it. No. Yeah, Drizzt Durden. I apologize to Durden. It's all good. Um, I mean, you've, all, you've always, it's the, the only reason we get it, or at least I have heard it, is because I do the audiobooks versus the, you know, readables. You're no. not. You are not alone. Drizzt, I have heard many, oh, many yeah. a time. Oh, it's yeah. not. It's Even not. people who like announce it like an audible, they do it wrong as well too, without getting into it. the only people who legitimately are doing it right are the actual readers of the book. And Bob. And Bob. Yeah. And Bob. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh. No. Uh, but yeah, no. The the his his two famous swords. Right. Uh, but I imagined it as like this pop metal band. You know, yeah. Sort of like. It'll like heart. And now it's I can't movie. not imagine it as that. Right, exactly. You know, just having, you know, two female lead vocalists just going, oh, you know, and I imagine. It's, so that's my. It's got to have the companions of the hall. It's basically the companions of the hall as uh, as the original lineup. I dig so, that. Yeah. Wow. There's also uh, Raceland was here uh, written somewhere in oh, yeah. one of these. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Because I don't I never, I didn't see any. Oh, Raceland was here. Yeah, that's right. That's in this in the seals, the seven seals. That there's there's actually another. uh, It got a little eaten up by the spine, unfortunately. But uh, on that page, there is a another rune. It's actually the rune of Candlekeep. Oh, uh, cool! Which is another sort of uh, you know uh, Forgotten Realms um, uh, Easter egg that you can see. But unfortunately, got a little swallowed up. But uh, but there's a bunch of really fun. You know, little mementos in there that, that just sort of remind us uh, that essentially it, the whole idea behind this is that it's about playing pretend. 
you know, and yeah. it's totally about uh, something that you could uh, share with children and, and that children would be able to approach, uh, appreciate just as well as adults. Those are the best ones. It's when you can literally read it over and over again and you don't get too bored of it either because one, it's it it feels good coming off of the tongue or just because you find something new every bit. And that was the, the, the ABCs originally was so much fun because you would find something new every single time you read it. Yeah. Right. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's just kind of, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's been so long since we first <laughs> took a stab at this thing. Yeah. Well, that's, that is the, 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 the selling point that I keep telling people when I talk about these books is that they're, you know, as, as a father of young children, you read a lot of books that as, you don't want to read them yeah. 40 times. Yep. You don't even want to read them twice. No. Read them once, and you're like, okay, I got this. That was this. fine. That was yeah. fine. Yep. Uh, there's not any meter. There's no poetry to it whatsoever. But these are so fun to read, uh, not only for the great artwork, but because they're, you know, the, the rhyme just makes sense, and it feels right, and it's describing something that I'm really passionate about, too, so that also helps. So kudos to you, Ivan. Uh, did you? No, I appreciate it. I got a lot of. Um, honestly, it was really humbling to be with the Wizards editorial team as well, too, because they gave me a lot of great advice. Um, you know, uh, Michael Carter basically took some time to kind of show me that the that writing simply is much harder yeah. than writing than writing long, elaborate, flowery texts. Like being able to get two pieces and we made some adjustments in this originally that i thought were really um uh what's the word i'm looking for um uh when you're when you're when you're when it's when it's when you're right but almost like it's it's awoke they're very woke um, <laughs> <laughs> the see how dad i am right now i had to like find that hip term oh what's my up? god this book is on fleek you're totally <laughs> you are but, uh, but like the the big one was is that ellis for lost originally was supposed to be um because ellis for lost which is sometimes just as fun oh yeah and um he uh he he pointed out and it was i didn't even think about this but it makes so much sense like you don't want to encourage letting kids get lost no. like you know getting lost is super fun you know so it was just it was and it was in a, a super easy adjustment it's just l is for lost so it's not so it's time to head for home yeah but even these tiny tiny little <laughs> things which they may not make a big deal when right. you um when you uh when you read it the first time or read it like to a kid the first time because you might be like oh whatever sometimes it is lost to get fun sometimes it is fun to get lost <laughs> but uh at the same time it's it with constant repetition and the fact that yeah. when that first five those first few years of, of development and even when they start getting to the early reading stages is like those things mm -hmm. make huge impressions on kids yeah which is why, I mean, that's why I love the Dr. Seuss books because they almost always reinforce, you know, values and things that, you know, you don't even realize that they are, but it, 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 but it there. feels right. It's all right there. Yeah, and you don't, and you certainly don't remember it. You don't remember reading Dr. Seuss when you were three or four. Yeah. Um, but you do know that those principles were hammered at you at an early age and they're reinforced by your parents. Right. And that exactly. cats are evil. And that cats are evil. Right? They cause. The cats are terrifying. They, Martin yeah, Short is things. also evil. I don't know if you knew this, but like Martin Short uh, voices, voices the, the cat. cat. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the, for the kids' show that's right, out there. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but that's also another reason why I think they, uh, the editors uh, made you take away, you know, W is for whiskey, uh, which makes all right. of your memories go that, away. I feel right, like it's kind right. of a loss. W is for whiskey. Um, as long as you hide your pain. <laughs> <laughs> push it down as far as it will go. <laughs> yeah. W for whiskey, your, your dad's escape from you. Yeah. So, uh, Sometimes I think we coddle kids out. too much, but I mean, I, I guess it's okay. Uh, but it's all good. So they're all, I mean, it, it was just, it was just kind of fun to, to be able to take it to its next stage and know that since this book is going out to, you know, a, a very wide audience when it comes to both kids and their, uh, and their parents, it's like knowing that I, I feel really good knowing that anyone who's going to be reading it and looking into it, like I don't have that kind of like, oh God, did it? Is it is it going to ruin kids' lives? Like, no, <laughs> I, I'm super confident and happy that that you know that anyone who takes time to read the books to their kids should um, find a uh, a certain amount of joy and whimsy and discovery and imagination. With or it. anybody who just wants to read them for themselves, just for the for the exact same reason. I like exact reading same them. Reasons. I, yep. I've have I've all of those adjectives that you just just said. I feel when I read these books, <laughs> I love them. So uh, you know, most people uh, listening and or watching may know Ivan. Uh, you know, he was the dungeon master for our off the table things at uh, uh, the stream of many eyes and all the other fun stuff we do. And now an official D and D licensee. But Caleb, you might be you know new to so you know you obviously have a lot of D and D lore at the tips of your mustache, ready to be put into your work. So yeah, how it's crackling with lore. Exactly, and, and lightning also. Um, yes. So yeah, when did you start playing Dungeons and Dragons? What uh, what was your origin story? Oh gosh, um, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons really uh, when I was in uh, the latter years of high school. Uh, it, my um, my stepdad really wanted a game to play with my brothers and I, and something that would be cooperative, so that we wouldn't bicker. Um, and he taught us how to get to, how to get together and how to team up, and that's exactly what Dungeons and Dragons was all about. But at the same time, to exercise our imaginations, to create uh, context in our minds, something ima- imaginative, um, and uh, it just and D and D was the first uh, was the first way that we kind of explored that idea. Of course, he was a ridiculous cheat. So <laughs> your he, stepdad. Um, yeah, exactly. No, no. He he was. He's like, let me roll that again. Let me roll that one more time. You know. So he was. He, <laughs> uh, he allowed us to. Uh, you know. He so he punished us gravely uh, in game um, with just. He never TPK'd us uh, or uh, T, uh, TK. What is it? Total party kill. You're right. Total party kill. Yeah. Uh, but um, we are close sometimes, and uh, it was it was basically through his own uh, through you know. Uh, through his own, you know, mecha- mad uh, Machiavellian machinations, that uh, that any of our characters survived. Uh, but it, it was really, really wonderful. Um, the whole experience never really left me, even though it's it's been twenty years now. You know, and uh, and now I get to play uh, games like that with my kids. And, you know, it's and but I've never really uh, left that sense of wonder. You know, th- mm. like what uh, Ivan was saying before. You know, thinking simply is not easy. You know, it's and but you kind of have to in order to uh, play this game, which could be quite complicated, and, and enjoy it the way that uh, the way that you're meant to, which is kind of with the 
the eyes of a kid. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, there's a there's a certain point when you have to sort of surrender to the game, and uh, and sort of let your imagination do do most of the uh, heavy lifting. And um, I've I've been very lucky. I've always had that ability, and uh, and I'm trying to pass it on to people that I play with, and you know, especially and the younger the better. So yeah, yeah. How old are your uh, children? I've got two little girls, um, seven and nine. Oh, nice. um, yeah, seven is Eleanor. Uh, uh, the nine-year-old is Lura, uh, and they are huge nerds. I'm happy to say. Nice. Um, <laughs> they are quite proud of the, that their dad has uh, has a fun uh, D and D book. Um, they're they're. I think the younger one is a little. Uh, <laughs> he's a, she's a little over it. I think. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, of Daddy talking about. Uh, goblins uh, quite so much um, but uh, you know where I see it now more than ever is in the school that I teach yeah. uh, it, I teach at an art school uh, Laguna College of Art and Design in Laguna Beach California you know good job if you can uh, if you can get it and, um, these kids are amazing by the way Shelly and Greg like all, um, all of the kids very good students in his classes are phenomenal I have we have used that uh, several of them for projects in the future but they're all phenomenal and oh, it's, it's great. because Caleb honestly can replicate any style you give him to like he is a jack of all trades when it comes to stuff he's done work for like Chaosium he did a bunch of the Call of Cthulhu he did a, a bunch of pieces that are featured in the Call of Cthulhu books like we're talking like his cool. His range is huge, and these kids are are learning from him. So thank you, you very know. much, Ivan. I, I I'm doing my best to make as many nerds as possible. Uh, <laughs> nice, but, us but too. Also, I think we're we're aligned in that yeah. uh, uh, endeavor and that goal. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just finish up here by just saying that uh, I, they use D and D for a variety of different storytelling purposes. You know, to sort of sort out their own characters. Um, even if it, they're, even if they're playing a, a character as ridiculous as like an intelligent umbrella, you know, or something like that on in in their own campaigns, they use it as as a tool, and um, it, to sort of ex to explore their own imaginations. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why I feel like uh, role playing is going through this renaissance right now is because it's reaching because of the work that you guys are doing, and because uh, so, you know there are so many fun. You know, uh, real play uh, avenues for uh, for audiences to explore. Um, you know, there are funny funny podcasts and funny let's play Twitch streams and you know serious ones and horror ones. There's just uh, it. There's you know it. it it's just a a, a bounty. Stories. We want to tell yeah. stories now tell and stories the and best. It's all, and, it, and it's all imaginative. It's it's just this really really wonderful. Uh, uh, place for people to explore their stories. My and my students are an ex a great example of that. <laughs> yeah, they're the new generation of it because everyone's dying for unscripted content right now. They want to all make up their own stories, or they all want to be part of a story that's happening right now. It's it's more honest and sincere uh, than it is. Uh, well, sometimes it's more honest and sincere, but most of the time it's 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 fun to watch people make these choices as they are happening right now. Yeah, yeah. and live with the consequences. And live with the consequences. Those are my mm -hmm. favorites. Yeah. Well, that sense of, of wonder and storytelling is, is you know, rife throughout all of these books. So I, I, I appreciate that, uh, you know, your stepdad brought you into the fold uh, all those years ago because, you know, I can almost now knowing that I'm like, oh, those are those are some of those those uh, player characters that were involved in that campaign are kind of yeah. dramatized in these pages. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> 
My girls, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I mean, that, even just the background stuff, like that the, in the one, two, threes book, I think there's the five towers yeah. uh, uh, image. Um, I love all five of those towers, by the way. I, I, want, I have like story hooks for all of them in my head yep. as to what those all uh, entail. Uh, and when you, you know, listeners, when you get the book and you're able to kind of see this image, you'll know a little more of what I'm talking about. But it sparked the How imagination of my uh, seven and five. So, you know, same distance as yours, but, you know, a couple of years uh, behind. Um, but my youngest, my five-year-old, uh, even this morning we were looking at the book and she said, I think three of those towers are good and two of them are bad. <laughs> and I thought, I thought she was making a value judgment. Like those are three good towers and those are five, you know, <laughs> I don't like those ones as much, but she, and as we were talking through it more, it was actually like good versus evil, uh, was in her head. The, the alignment chart was in her head and not just like, Oh, I like this. And I don't like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're already thinking like a D and D player. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's thinking, of course like, she is. You know, we we are we are you know we start, we kind of forget these things. We have to be retrained to do it. But yeah, looking at them, you can definitely see just by the shape and the color and the contrast that there are some of them that are a little bit more severe than others. Yeah, so I, I feel like so. Kudos to your uh, to your daughter um, for having a discerning eye. <laughs> And I don't know if you've uh, noticed this either, but in the one, two, threes as well, to another interesting choice that was made that you, you dives yeah. deeper as you get into it. Um, uh, on one through four, like on book, you know, pages one through four, it kind of transitions from the table into the fantasy land. Like on one, it's just you see the table. Right. And then you go into two, you see that there are like dice that are part of the landscape as, you know, you're diving into the fantasy world of like what the dungeon master's explaining and it's not even until you get to like four or i'm sorry to, to the towers and five that like you've lost all of the uh um you've lost all of the dice element of like the table and now you're fully into the world and it, even that's like a, a fun little ramp up to be like hey you know it takes it does you can't go from zero to 60 sometimes it just takes a little bit of a deep dive and you slowly transition into your world of imagination I so love that. that fun transition was something that we talked a little bit about, Ivan and I. It was a lot of fun. Subtlety. Yep. Subtle, subtle things. Which the, are, the clouds are shaped like dice. Yeah. I love that. Fun yeah, and I love even just the opening image of that book as well because, uh, you know, I played D&D &D with, my, with my kids, but they've also seen it set up for when I'm going to play with other people. And so they immediately, like, even just, you know, the, having the screen and the dungeon masters yeah, and all the, the things grid. kind of set up in a way. They're it like, looks, oh, I know they're playing D&D &D in this just from the visual uh, uh, acuity, and you don't see that represented in a children's book very often. No, and I actually really love this wallpaper. <laughs> I can, really can we, love it. Can we order that wallpaper? I, where from can you guys? I get this pattern? I love it. You go to the Watsi website. <laughs> <laughs> Just you print this page book, out Watsi a lot. Website. It's five hundred dollars a foot. Beautiful. Exactly. It's very nice. No, it's the it's the I just went online and and tried to imagine you know I just put a bunch of really grimy <laughs> sort of like early eighties colors together. That's what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's well, something it that works. the Stranger Things kids might have in their room. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I know that when I was little, uh, we had in my in my bathroom on uh, that was next to my my room. I put my foot down that I would not have them change the velvet velvet backsplash yeah. of my bathroom's wall nice. and it was the ugliest thing on the planet but i refused to have my mother change it because i wanted i wanted to keep it so bad the velvet the velvet the, the red velvet, velvet yeah. bathroom 
So was it actually uh, velvet? Like you could feel no, it. No, it was well, you rubbed your hand on it. It was velvet. I don't yeah. know how it survived in the bathroom, but Whoa. it did. Yeah, you know. and as a backsplash, uh, that's crazy. As a backsplash, right? Yeah, that seems nuts. I remember we had a wallpaper in the dining room that was like green palms, and the leaves were like that velvet material. But and I can still, you just brought me right back there. Right back. Still right back. Yeah, right back. Velvet in there. palms. You know what's funny too? I mean, and and oh, it's yeah. kind of indicative of the artwork in this book. But I have a very strong image of playing underneath my aunt's table. When I was uh, in Pennsylvania in Allentown, uh, where they're filling out forms and standing in line, um, but <laughs> she had this wall, as would happen in you know eighties and seventies things, that was a an image. Uh, the entire wall was wallpapered with oh, one yeah. big oh, yeah. image, yep. and it was of a, like a jungle scene. Like it was very much like you know pa- big palm fronds and like things was photos playing of, in the background. Yeah. Know? And I was always playing under the table in that room, imagining that I was in a jungle and doing things. And, and, yeah. and I didn't even think about it until this conversation, but that's exactly what these images kind of also bring back is that idea of like, oh, here's what's in our, in our world and in our life, but how can we make it turn a little bit yeah. more fantastical? Yeah. How can we use our imaginations? Well, we're in that Maurice Sendak with the wild things. Where the wild yeah. Things. Yeah, yeah, very much a Maurice yeah, exactly. Sendak. Yes. Without getting too deep into it, but that's kind of um, Caleb and I. So what our focus is now is to try to explore more of the like, how can we make real life feel just as fantastic and delightful as when we sit down and play D and D, and keep trying to find entertaining ways to engage young players with that kind of attitude. You know, exactly. It's working. The, thank you. It's well, working. We're more So, Ivan, <laughs> what does your little mini me think of the books? Does he like? Does he get that these are Daddy's books? So Phoenix is three, um, which he's more interested in Hush Now Banshee, which <laughs> is also an amazing book, by the way. He loves Hush Now Banshee. Um, he, I let him pick his books, and I've prominently been putting them on display. And I, I don't think he's picked them yet uh, since we've gotten them. <laughs> Um, but oh I'm man, like, everybody's a critic. Him up every night yeah, before bed. But I'm, I'm just, I kind of, I do. I'm like Phoenix. Do you? Here's, here's all the books. Do you want to grab? Them? And he always grabs everything but my books. Um, <laughs> and so. you're like, by the way, who is this very handsome <laughs> author? But I will say, I will say, he does enjoy. It. So when we were, we were reading it, we have, re- we have read it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm making a joke, but I'm not making that bad of a joke. Well, I think his favorite thing is that in the back of the ABCs. Yes. Oh yeah. Doodle that Caleb drew of. Of uh, us. Fortunate doodle. <laughs> <laughs> I love this doodle. It's my favorite doodle. Well, that, Immortalized your hair is, is magnificent. It's, so Phoenix, Phoenix, uh, whenever we get to it, and then he goes, Daddy, Caleb. You know, so he, does, he, does know, he does know that this is us in the back, which is fun. But we're, uh, we have to get through it a little more. I still think he's a little young. He, 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 um, He's, he's understanding concepts and getting into it more. But I think that's like, that's a little bit of the imposter syndrome in me where it's kind of like, well, if he wants to read it, he'll ask for it when I should just be like shoving his face in it. So like a good parent does. You know what you should do? You say, have, like, you're like this. Yeah. And then he comes in the room and go, oh. No, oh, you can't oh, have. Oh, no, Shelly, no, no, no. Sorry, pick oh, a different no. book, pick Phoenix. A, no, 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 you can't. He have actually this has one. a. He has another book called The Book with No Pictures in it, which oh yeah, that's that a tactic. Book. You know, exact yeah. tactic. Yep. But uh, you'll, you'll, yeah. um, they're I'm just looking, they're so easy to manipulate at this age. This. Oh my god, I'm so glad you're not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they're three, it's like this—the the term three nager, right? Yeah, yes. 
will be he may as well be a teenager with his attitude. Yeah, maybe it won't work on him. It works on my very impressionable five-year-old. Every day when he leaves for school, I go, don't you dare learn anything today. Don't you do you it. You better don't not learn a thing. Teachers. And the first thing he does when he comes home from school is he tells me all the things he learned. Because they just want to defy you. And then I get that's, really that's, angry. That's totally going to backfire one day. Do you think so? I'm going to tell my five-year-old we just, not to learn, not to play D&D. And they're going to come back to me at the end of the day and explain FACO. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to be able to. If a kid yeah. can't explain it to I you, I signed up for lacrosse lessons today. No. I'm not saying I'm going to do this thing when he's like 13. I'm going to be like, don't you dare smoke cigarettes. And yes. then he's actually going to do it. I'll, I'll right. stop eventually. Right. Well, uh, Whatever, Tito. We'll, we'll talk to you in eight years. <laughs> When my kids smoking and drinking, yeah. and dumb. Well, I mean, we're talking about all the positive reinforcement that these books uh, uh, do. Shelly's here against the grain. I like, know, right? She's, she's like, no, no, no. She's, she's he got, loves I these like books. Her, I like her plan of attack. I feel like Shelly, you got it. Can you right? Well, my know. kid reads these books and he loves them. So I'm just going to be oh, like, man. kids, don't wipe your butts. It's stupid. No one wipes their butts. <laughs> I'm an adult. I never wipe my butt. You'll be fine. But you're not fine. <laughs> And we all know that. It's, it's true, though. Uh, it's true. But I'll, give you, I'll give you a full report. Believe um, me. I, and I promise to you, I will. I will read them to him tonight. I will. I will suck up my pride, and I will. And I will put these books in front of. Him. He's like and the perfect play tester, too. Yeah. Well, he was originally like when we were looking at the stuff. When we were looking at these arts, uh, I showed when we were looking at all the arts. Uh, I was showing it to him as well, too, and getting into it. And I pointed things out to him and. And he, uh, it's so funny, the things that he knows, Phoenix, he, he certainly, he goes to like regular kids' places that just have regular blocks and stuff, and he now goes to them and he goes, Daddy, dice! Oh, it's happening. So he's, he, he now knows that like square blocks are, they are not blocks, they are dice. These are things that they need to exist, so, <laughs> That's know. pretty cool. And, uh... Yeah, we we played magic just a couple of days ago, and he had his own little stack of cards. And when I build decks, I lay them out in like the columns, like they have in MTG Arena, as like part of the like when you do your when you do your um, your mana curve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was laying my cards out to build my deck, and I looked over and I saw Phoenix literally making a column of cards as well too. He was not Aww. he didn't I mean he obviously didn't know what he was just making columns of cards like Daddy was doing. But yeah, yeah. that's it. You're learning them good. He knows what's up. He knows what's up. It's part of his Phoenix, DNA. Uh, yeah. Phoenix, uh, he doesn't he doesn't play around. No, he, no, he just plays <laughs> around. So, uh, you and, know. you know, he might lose, but he'll play another round after. Yep. Exactly. He'll just play, you know, keep going into it. They're just 15-minute games. It's all good. So well, uh, one of the things I learned that was fun, too, we, we're doing this as well, too, especially with all of our other friends who have kids. One of the techniques we've learned, because people do ask me all the time, how do you, you know, play D&D with with when your kids are running around um so beyond the fact that like there are ways to entertain them when they are either with like someone who is up at the table playing with them sometimes or if they have puzzles or things laid out if you want your kids to get involved in the game someone gave me some really great advice one time that you have you can have your kid give you a one-time buff as like a familiar like especially if your if your player character is a um is like a, a spellcaster or something like spellcaster, that. Spellcaster, like either a wizard for their familiar or like a druid with their animal companion. It's like you can have the kid represent that and give them a buff if they do a little, you know, like some kind of act or like a verbal phrase or something. Like whether they have to do a little dance or they have to say something, 
then and then they, if they know the repercussions of like like you know phoenix you know if you go awesome and raise your hand up in the air like you're gonna you're gonna help daddy in the game and then let him do that and then have that be part of the part of the experience at the table versus just like no kid go watch tv yeah you know so or you could just tell him he can't play D D. <laughs> Got a point there. I mean, no, come you, on. You stop talking. Caleb, <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I are the only ones who are talking sense here. <laughs> Go get your I've iPad, so kid. <laughs> this game's for adults. <laughs> no kids allowed. No kids at this table. No. Oh, um, well, that's actually not true, Caleb, because you said you have played with your daughters. Is that right? That is true, yes. What what kind of games do you play with them? Well, I, I played uh, No Thank You Evil by uh, Mount, uh, Monty Cook, mm-hmm. and uh, they really, really enjoyed it. They loved it, in fact. Um, it was really interesting seeing them uh, sort of figure out how to use the mechanics. It was just, uh, it was really, it just blew me away. Because you know they were completely. Uh, I I thought that one, you know they're they're mirror opposites. One, you know, mm. uh, one is very sort of reserved. The other one is very uh, aggressive and assertive. Um, and so I imagined that you know one would be kind of combat based. The other one would be more diplomatic. And the two of them just immediately fell into step with each other. Oh. They you know they immediately became the world's best team. It was uh, it was just astonishing. I did not expect it. That's um, cool. And, uh, and, you know, but they did not go for any of the kills, the easy kills that I don't want for them. No, it was, it's, uh, it's not that kind of game. You can, you can easily, uh, uh, you know, a- approach nearly any problem the way you want to. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's like when they're confronted with a bad guy, they immediately try to figure out what they, what they want and how to, how to fix their problem. You so know, it's what really, kinds of things were they doing? Like, what were their tactics? Uh, they were... Well, they were both uh, princesses, and they were both. Uh, one was sort of like a spy, and the other one was sort of like a tech nerd. But they were both princesses, of okay, course. Okay, I like that. Uh, they, you know, they, and they were almost entire. But when they were confronted with a problem that they couldn't talk uh, or use diplomacy or something like that, they would immediately uh, resort to like rogue tactics and just sort of like sneak around it. Oh. Um, and that's uh, it was you know they they would not become physical for and you know for any money. It was really really interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, but uh, it just wasn't an option. Though. They didn't want to see anybody get hurt. But e- even a pretend guy, even like you know a sawtoothed uh, witch or something like that, you know, it was just something completely uh, that I did not expect. And they and they worked perfectly in tandem. It was it was nuts. Do they get uh, along in real life that well? It's, mm, they, yeah, they do. They again, they're you know they're siblings. They bicker, um, but they do get along really, really well. And and in this game, they exactly they did exactly the same sort of thing that they do when they're um, like in a public setting. They immediately just start reading each other's signals and, and uh, work like a you know you know two, two different halves of a team. It was amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did not expect it. I, what was what, that was like the best thing for me. It's like I was the DM, you know, so to speak, and I was telling the story, and I was completely blown away. I did not expect it. 
Hmm. I, like, I, I want to be the evil guy who you know kills well, you, but oh no. Well, I, I had expected them to sort of like team up on me or something like that, or for one to bicker or for you know right. one of them to you know get impatient, but it never happened. And you was, want you expected more resistance, but it actually right. flew really well, was, and you uh, uh, which is nice because you came in with like really low expectations, and <laughs> kids punched you in the face with how awesome they are. You know, low expectations as a DM. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, it was it, as a storyteller when, or as a DM, when you can just sort of sit back and list, let everybody sort of and just listen to them sort of, you know, become these spellbinding elements. Um, it's just you're you're blown away, especially if you don't if they've never done it before and you don't really expect it. Yeah. And when they're they, seven, but they, yeah. exactly one of them seven, and they just dove right in. I mean, they could easily have gone, you know, all day. They could have easily done, you know, they, they, they've done it several times since then, but um, yeah, the mechanics, you know, they were a breeze, you know, so it's just, uh, it would, I could easily see them using uh, Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing games as a whole uh, for any number of different, um, you know, creative outlets. In their in their little line. they're gonna they're they're gonna get into middle school, dude, and high yeah. school, and they're just gonna blow everybody and away. They're gonna be cosplaying, and it's gonna be and it's gonna I'm gonna be sad. But it's it, but it, 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 wait, why are you gonna be sad? Just because that means that's where all all their you know spending money is gonna be going into like, uh, 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 and they're gonna want to go. I mean, the conventions will actually probably be fun, but they're gonna want to go to conventions and lose dad. It's just gonna be a thing. Yeah, exactly. They're like, God, dad, you're you're cramping my stuff. Can you can you take pictures of me? Yeah, go back to your art <laughs> booth and sell your prints. Yeah. Go sign over there. God. Yeah. Isn't isn't like uh, Artist Alley? Aren't they missing somebody over there? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, as 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 you said at the beginning of this, like you've raised, you know, two amazing nerds. And I think that's that's fantastic. So have you, sir? Exactly. We're doing it. We're doing it. Apparently, I'm not. No, but because you're saying I'm negative things him. and hoping that they, they're hoping you that are? you're but, teaching them to but, ignore you. Am <laughs> not. You take it. You're taking it too seriously. Come on. No, 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 it's all done with a smile. It's all, it's no. all good. No, negative reinforcement. Uh, so ahead of the game. We can have our SAS gang, like the on the streets, they can just be the SAS gang coming right. down the street that have all like the sharks snapping the their jets. little fingers. The sharks the chat <laughs> He's very good at snapping oh. his fingers. You know why? Because I told him not to. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it works every time. I'm Don't so you snap impressed. your fingers. 60% of the Do not time. Be good it works at snapping your fingers. Every time. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, you, uh, both of you have made two amazing books and, uh, in addition to, uh, all of the children's that we have <laughs> had a hand in creating. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've been talking this up to a lot of whole bugs. I actually read, uh, one of them, uh, on D and D news, uh, last week and, uh, everybody oh, yeah. in chat was very excited. I might read, uh, the other one, uh, tomorrow oh, and get people you. excited about it cause it's coming out tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, November oh, no. 13th. So- and it's right now on Amazon. It's the number one new release for children's books. What? Yeah. I mean, so for very young children's books. For very young children's books. But oh, my the, gosh. That's the amazing. The point is, is, is that you should be excited about it. You should be, you know, pre-ordering it for all of your uh, – like, it's I, – I don't think it could come out really at a better time right now because, yeah. like, yeah. if this was coming out, I would be ordering so many for, like, every – person i know who has a kid but right also now. for those Never future heard. like it's a great baby shower gift it's the sure. best baby shower oh gift. yeah so yeah. you know or i'm just a shower gift or just a shower just, here just i know gift. you're taking a shower right now have this <laughs> have exactly. this gift have this book have this wet piece of pulpy paper <laughs> while you shower. 
Uh, Would not recommend. No. But it could be in Bed Bath and Beyond, though. You can put it in there. Right. I and I wouldn't be surprised it was there too. I'm just <laughs> I was amazed to see how many um how many different uh places just are are having it have it in the store right now. And I'm I'm excited to kind of see what's done with it, whether it's gonna be is is it gonna go next to where the handbooks are, where the other D and D handbooks are? Are they gonna go in the children's section? Like where are where are the people who operate these bookstores? Where are they going to choose to place it? That's what I'm most excited to Maybe see. Maybe in it both is be, places. It's a challenge. It really is a challenge. You're like, who are you going to market this to? Yeah, where's it going? Where's I, it going? Is it going to go say, next to Llama Llama? Or is it going to go next to Guilds of Ravnica? So, both. It has both. a home Why in both places. And next to the baby shower books. And next, next to, the, to the baby shower book. Probably it'll yeah. go in the staff recommended section. Right. Because let's nice. be honest. I mean, now we're no, well, I mean, the, uh, did you did you ever read the quotes on the back, uh, Greg and Shelley? They're good quotes. That we, that we collected over the years from oh, it. My I favorite one is uh, some guy on Reddit. Some guy yes. on Reddit. Yeah. 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 When we when we first put this up, it was like I was like, you can't pick a better. I think I even replied to him on Reddit. I'm like, can I use this in the book? <laughs> like, can I'm not going to use your name, but so, you know, <laughs> use, your, use your username. But like, yeah, I really like this is a, probably the best quote I've ever heard ever. My kid does not need more books, but he needs this one. So, yep. you know, so. You know think- what I love, too, is like thinking like this could be this will be the very first exposure to D&D for a lot of kids. Yeah. That's it. There's their intro. Yeah. That's true. That's I didn't even think to, about that. To just... trigger a lot of imagination. Yeah. It gives me a little bit of nervous palpitations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, I don't do screw it up, guys. A well, good enough job representing what D&D you know, means to us. Yeah, it's done. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's out there in the world. Um, well, I think you've done a fantastic job. I'm you. super proud of, <laughs> you guys are both trepidatious, but there's no reason to be. No. Uh, because you both rolled 20s on it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. It's so nice to have yeah. For real. Well, we'll, we'll get some, I think uh, Caleb's doing a reading down in San Diego. If anyone's going to be down in San Diego, he's going to be doing a signing. Um, that is correct. Oh, cool. Game yeah. on. Uh, Where is that happening? It's uh, it's going to be on the uh, December 9th at Mysterious Galaxy Bookstore. Oh, that's yeah. such a good store. Yeah, they're gonna be uh, um, Art and Arcana will be there as well too, doing a signing. Oh, so we'll have them both at the same time. That's perfect. Nice. You get the adults, you get the people who've been you know right. fans from the 70s buying yeah. up that book and getting this for every single person on their baby shower list. It <laughs> needs to get out there. All the nieces, all the nephews, everybody's like, getting yeah, copy. Just making it rain. Crazy. Guys, you can, you can These for, uh, very for sharp one. edges, so I don't think throwing yeah, them. Don't, just throw don't them at make people. Not stars, with a hardcover book. Hey, you know, for fifteen dollars a pop, you could get like three of these things. Yeah. Or you know, actually, probably like five for Art and Arcana and <laughs> for the deluxe edition. They're they're hard board books, but you could fold them in half and put them in stockings. They're stocking stuffers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Put it yeah. next to the stocking. Just put it oh next God, to the stocking. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. You guys yeah. have done great work. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, the multiplication tables of D&D, uh, <laughs> the sequel that will be coming out. Long also, division of long D&D. Long division of D&D. <laughs> well, uh, originally it was the one, two, threes of D&D, a number, uh, colors, shapes, and more. But we decided there's so much colors and shapes that we can we can do that later. We can oh. do that. Oh, yeah, the isometrics. What's a cone? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, cylinders. Cylinder, this cylinders. Cylinders. Teach or them. Cube. Gelatinous cube, the mm-hmm. spell, the whole uh, spell effect area. That's actually the important. Perspective of D and D. 
it's just a fireball and it's like sphere. Yeah. <laughs> death. Splash damage. Splash damage. Don't get let's talk about death. let's talk about rainbows such as prismatic shards. <laughs> prismatic <laughs> waves. There's so much to mine. You guys are already spitballing. Uh, you cert- you heard it here first, guys. This is the opening uh, meeting, kickoff meeting for this, all these books to come. So there's a lot more there. I love it. And uh, I, I think everyone should buy them and give them to everyone. I'll just have fun. Like if you just, I mean, if you have kids and you're interested in D&D and you want to are a twist. Yeah. Or if you are a child and you're watching Dragon Talk right now, <laughs> one, go to bed if it's the East Coast because it's 9 o'clock. Even if you're 35. Right. Right. Thirty-five-year-old kid, and you should Enjoy still go to bed because it's nine o'clock. You should. It's nine o'clock over in the East Coast, but I, uh, you know, uh, just you know, as they, as the, as one wise man once said, "Buy my book, buy oh, my book." Sam Sykes. <laughs> Sorry, just one wise man, though. Just one story. wise man, not not the three of them. It is, it so is awesome. Time. I think you, you've done a fantastic job of getting it out there for folks to get into. So thank you for the thrice time uh, and we shall thank you again <laughs> for a quadruple time uh, uh, all the times. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You guys us. have been such gracious hosts. Thanks very much. Well, we'll talk to you guys. Uh, where, 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 oh yeah, go ahead. Where, where will people be able to find more about both of you on the social media? Oh. Uh, Ivan, you go first. Uh, I am on all the social medias as Hydra underscore Lord. Um, I do the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters. I have a bunch of shows that are doing right now. Most of it's um, – I have a show on Legendary Digital on ProjectAlpha.com called We're Live Frontier, which is a zombie survival RPG show. It is not for children um, <laughs> because it is very, very survival horror. And um, I have a bunch of other horror shows on Project Alpha, such as Sagas of Sundry and um, uh, Dread and all of this other fun stuff. Um, but, you know, you can also watch the Stream of Many Eyes in which I did the, uh, the uh, off-the-table sessions on our amazing set in which we built out Waterdeep. And, you know, you can check out our children's books together. And I... I don't even know what to say. There's so much. Um, I, my life is basically playing board games and role-playing games. Oh, I have a publishing company. That's right, called Hunter's Books. We have another game out called Kids on Bikes right now. Oh, oh yeah, I try Kids that. on Bikes. I love that Kids name. on Bikes, Strange Adventures in Small Towns. And um, you could check that. That was by Jonathan Gilmore and Doug Levodansky. It's, it's, it's super fun. And the little dice on it, they look like the hodgepodge original dice that you got in the first box set because they look like the ones that you color in with a crown they're just super nostalgia so have fun <laughs> oh i love that awesome i, I want to try that out because there's a, a little show out there uh fantasy wise that might uh be inspiring yeah. there uh well you know you said it not me yeah so, yeah well I'll come, I'll, I'll come up and we'll we will play kids on bikes i'll <laughs> run a game for you greg and shelly okay and literally i will make shelly the popular kid at school finally one time it's fantasy <laughs> and greg we can just shame you until you're in the ground oh. with this and honestly, not fantasy for greg no, i'm usually <laughs> we are experiencing we are. shame is my natural state so thank you well because you don't just, wipe your butt <laughs> Because well, my mom said I didn't have to over and over again. 
it's all, it's all out of love. Caleb. I, I do miss seeing you guys, so it'll be good. But um, Save us. Save us, Caleb. Where, 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 where can people find you? And I can be found on Instagram and Twitter uh, at uh, Caleb is Drawing. Uh, I also uh, am on the Facebooks as well, just Caleb Cleveland. Um, I, like I said before, I uh, teach at Laguna College of Art and Design. Uh, it's a really, really great uh, school in uh, Southern California. Awesome. And uh, I will be um, uh, talking to Bart Carroll about getting on Dungeons and Doodles. I think that's going to be that a lot of fun. That would be fun. That's my goal. That's one of the reasons why I made this book is so that I could just get onto kind of Twitch and uh, and draw ridiculous monsters with a bunch of other uh, artists. That would be really his specialty is flumps. <gasps> oh, that was Bart's familiar in his Extra yeah. Life game. Did we are getting on the show. We will flump it up. Flumpanutter was his name. <laughs> Did you hear Lauren Urban's flump voice? No. <laughs> That's that? what it sounds like. <laughs> is he just constantly it's getting high? Breathing in and talking while breathing in is how she does the flump voice. And I was like, "That's genius." <laughs> nice. It just feels so weird and alien. And <laughs> yeah, flump it up. Flump it up. Oh, we flump love flumps. Have a good night, you guys. <laughs> 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 Thanks for being on Dragon Talk. It was our pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> See ya. Thanks, Bye, you guys. Thank you so That's awesome. Oh, man, I really love the creativity on display. I love them. And I love their relationship. They, they're such fans of each other. Yeah, they yeah. lift each other up, just like you and I just do. Just like us. Lift us oh. up where we belong. Let's write books together. Yeah. Parenting books. Parenting books. Because we're on the same page. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Keto, parenting expert. I know nothing about parenting. I literally don't wipe my butt. So I don't know what... <laughs> <laughs> what I have to impart to anything or anybody. Is that why you're always squirming in your chair? Always. Yes, it's oh. true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gross. I hope you do your own laundry. <laughs> well, I just... Oh, you just throw really up a little bit in your mouth. Sick. I oftentimes just throw up on my clothes and don't <laughs> clean it. Is that weird also? No. That is not weird. All right. Bile is an excellent... Um, a cleaner. Cleaner. <laughs> Cleaning agent. It's like what's in OxyClean. Is it actually bile? <laughs> I believed it for like three seconds. I was like, what? Is that true? Is that the Clorox? Is that what Clorox is made of? Clorox is really bile? <laughs> yes. Don't you know anything? Now I do. Now you do. Now I do. The I have you, you to tell Oh, me. no. <laughs> they're, still, they're still judging us. We can't say anything nice about them, even though they are amazing and are did amazing. so great work. Uh, I'm really excited about these books to get into the hands of everyone. Uh, get them. November 13th, they will be available to all you and can, to all a good night. And oh. to all a good night, my prince. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a lot of other stuff coming out that we haven't. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we, we'll, oh. we'll talk about it, but you have a lot of uh, things in your world uh, that people were excited about. Yep. They're all out now. They're all out now. Oh, we don't talk yet. about them anymore. Dungeon Mayhem's not out yet. Uh, November 16th, Dungeon Mayhem will be. Is that Friday? Yes. Oh my god! And it's basically out now. It's basically out now. For how many copies? I feel like I left around GameholeCon. You dumped a lot of copies. People oh were god. digging it, right? So much. You know, it was so much fun to see. There were strangers coming together at the table, and then they would learn how to play this game. And it was like my whole part there was like, oh, okay, here's my one and a half minute introduction to this game, and then they would just start playing it. And they end right. It's so and then, quick. Like the the it was blocked off for an hour. So I thought, well, people probably aren't going to stick around for an hour because mm-hmm. the game literally takes like five minutes. 
oh no, the whole hour they just kept playing game after game after game and they wanted to play all the different characters. Nice. And then they would like go off together and play more and it was it was so much fun. That's what that game feels like it's all about was to have that kind of viral nature yes. because it takes like, you know, 10 minutes to play a game yeah. and you want to play again. And, like, and I always had it with me in my bag. And so if somebody was like, oh, Ooh. I didn't get to go to your session, I'm like, oh, I can teach you right here, right now. And then yeah. we would just throw down right you're there. Like, the and middle. you're going to get Jesus Jones to be like, right here, right, right now. now. Totally spent my whole marketing budget on that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that was about How like the fall of the Berlin Wall, the name of that band. I had a single. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I did too. I bought the single for Jesus Jones. Was it like a dollar ninety nine? Yeah, yeah. I had that and a, not a good song after that. Oh yeah, like that's a good. Song. Well, I think that was it for them, wasn't it? I think that was their one hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They might have been at like a Lollapalooza or something like that. Do you remember Glass Tiger? Oh gosh, no. Don't forget me when I'm gone. Yeah. Do you remember? I do. Do you know who did the backup vocals on that? Shelly Massanova. No. No. Even better. Adele. (laughs) Adele. (laughs) She was like one. Um, Brian Adams. (laughs) Oh, really? Trivia for you all. The Canadian Brian Adams? Well, Glass Tiger was also Canadian. So they were helping. Brian was helping them out. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Listen to it again. You'll hear him. Now I will. Yeah. You're going to actually be like, oh, I hear that voice. You're going to be like, oh, my God, it's Brian Adams. 35 years later. I like it better that you were the actual, you're like, I did backup vocals for that. (laughs) Me and Adele. Yeah, you and Adele. (laughs) I like that story better. It's pretty good. (laughs) It's super sweet. How did we get there? I'm not sure. I think I sang right here, right now, and then it went went right into it. Okay. Yeah. So Dungeon Man was awesome. Betrayal Legacy also was so awesome. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. It's getting such good reviews. Every time I turn around, it's like another person is like, this is the best game ever. Oh, oh my God. This so board good. game is so filled with awesome. And I've been waiting to jump into it. I know. Because well, I, I want to like, find play. a group that like is going to be playing it the, for all the time. But I wanted to play, you have a D&D game. So now I'm perplexed on when we can do it. Yeah. We can find time. We got to make time. We can find time. Make it find time. Um, cool beans. And Access and Allies and Zombies is also out there and people are loving it. I feel it, like... Everything's coming up Avalon Hill. I think it is. And D&D. I know. It's really, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, the games, I mean, we're working with really good designers. I and know. the, uh, um, we're not doing all the graphic design, but the amount of graphic design, like, help that uh, the, the D&D we team We totally are at. doing it all. Well, I mean, I, I'm not even with these oh, books. Oh, on so. these books. I no. thought you were talking about the Avalon Hill stuff. Yeah, but I guess, yeah, right? It's all in-house yeah, stuff. All so, in-house. like, the, the visuals look really great. They mm-hmm. pop, uh, and it's all thematically perfect. So, yep. there's a reason why. I mean, we, we... Yes. We're putting together good good stuff. We are. Yeah. Like so, this fine array of products right like here. Like that right here in front of us. We, we haven't even have it. We've got to bring some Avalon Hill stuff to put in here I now, I thought too. about it. I did. Next time. Okay. Next time. When we talk to Rob, because we're going to be talking to Rob uh, in a few weeks. I know. And have him here on this podcast. I tried not to talk to him at all at, at Game Hall. You were saving either. it up? Yeah. Like, I can't talk to you because we're going to talk to Dragon Talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kept saying these really cool, inspiring things. And then you were like, writing oh, I got to remember to so ask him about that question. on Dragon Talk. <laughs> you can totally do that. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm going to. Uh, super cool. All right. Well, uh, where can people find out about uh, what's happening with Avalon Hill from you? You could follow Avalon Hill on the Twitters at Avalon Hill 2, as in the number 2, or on Facebook, Avalon Hill Games, or you can follow me at Shelly Moo on Sweet. Twitter. Sweet. Um, you can follow all of the fun things going on with Dungeons and Dragons at uh, Wizards underscore D and D on Twitter uh, slash D and D on Twitch. 
Yeah. Uh, there's also some Instagrams and some Facebooks and all those places you can find them. Look for Dungeons and Dragons there. And of course, DungeonsandDragons.com and Dragon Plus, the app you the can get. The one-stop shop. On your phones, uh, giving uh, bi-monthly issues of a whole bunch of amazing content being delivered directly to you, including, you know, maps and adventure hooks and all this great stuff. Uh, so, so delve in there. And all that content is also available at DragonMag.com. Get it. Peace out. I'm at Greg Tito. Follow me there. Do it. Where are you? At Shelly Moo. At Shelly Moo. Yes. Peace out. Um, Oh, my gosh. Did you guys, do you see that pile of rocks over there? No. What? What pile of rocks? Ah! Oh! Oh. The rocks fell on Shelly.